All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions. Welcome everyone to All Year I Dream About Gaming Conventions, the podcast you didn't know you needed about Gen Con, Origins Game Fair, PAX Unplugged, and beyond. I'm your host, Quarex. And I'm your other host, Ben. This episode, we're talking food and drinks at our favorite convention, Gen Con. One option that you have when it comes to eating at Gen Con is bringing your own food and drinks. True. Now we're not talking about just, you know, a single bag of peanuts. Like, okay, here's the thing. It's going to be cheaper to bring your own food, basically no matter what you're bringing. Like, you could bring your own filet mignon, and it might well be cheaper than going out to eat at half of the restaurants in Indianapolis. The important thing is, you also can actually buy affordable food. Go to a Trader Joe's on your way. Go, you know, to Aldi. Go to the internet site, Amazon.com. You know, there's a lot of good options for accumulating a mass of cheap food, so... Those of us who remember episode two or three may recall that there's a Kroger in the downtown area. Uh, Bringing your own food and drinks also helpful if you have allergy concerns. I know that a lot of restaurants in Indy are pretty sensitive to these things, but it's not always going to be perfect. Uh, I luckily myself do not have any food allergies. My wife does. And it can sometimes be a little draining for her to try to constantly ask if there's sesame or tree nuts or poppy seeds or pumpkin seeds or coconut oil and all these different things. We have a friend who's deathly allergic to nightshades. And since that includes tomatoes, it's always an adventure watching her try to order at places. The other cool thing about bringing your own food, you don't have to leave your room. I know that seems kind of obvious, but, you know, it it takes time if you want to go pick stuff up. Precious time that you could be spending instead at the convention, playing a game, buying something that isn't food. You can get stuff, bring it back to your room, sure, that's fine. But if it's already there, that's even better. You could spend that time taking a nap. True. If you're going to bring your own food and drink, there are some things that you need to prepare. First off, you want to have disposable plates and utensils with which to eat. Eating salad with your hand is not a fun way to eat. You can do it, but it's maybe better to have a plastic fork. I think I've given a spork to everyone I've roomed with in the last, like, 15 years at some point. You will end up needing something. Leftovers, stuff you bring yourself, you know. And one of my favorite things about bringing food to Gen Con, which I admittedly didn't discover until a few years ago, you can bring all the stuff in your sauce packet drawer, and you'll probably use it. Sometimes you're looking at something, especially if it's leftovers, and you're like, oh, this would have been so much better if it had (gasps) some duck sauce on it. And then guess what? You brought some. It's the one time a year you might actually use the contents of your packet drawer. Which is actually also why I actually bought a cooler just for Gen Con, which I may have already mentioned. It is amazing if you have your own cooler, have your own stuff, you bring it in, and you can store your stuff. Even if you don't have a refrigerator in your room, it's it's just a good idea. Depending on what food you're bringing, you may need to heat it up. It may make sense to get a cheap hot plate. You can p- typically pick up a hot plate for about $20, $30. I personally pack a Foreman grill each Gen Con, as it allows me to cook up a veggie burger or apply heat to food and make it edible. 
If you're going to bring a foreman, you probably also want to bring some soap, possibly a sponge, so you can clean off your foreman, uh, wash it in your uh, hotel bathroom. <laughs> you alluded to this before with a cooler, but it's also pretty critical if you're bringing your own food. You need to have a way to keep things cool. You want to make sure you have a fridge in your hotel room. A lot of hotel rooms, you get it as a matter of course. Not every hotel does this. And for the past several years, I've had to request a mini fridge at the JW Marriott so I could, in fact, keep my food cold in in my hotel room. This is our definitely not sponsored this year food truck roundup. We're sponsored by the concept of food, but no individual person selling it. This is going to be an interesting year for the food trucks, actually, as you know. Where are the food trucks at? They moved them, and I thought it was just for this year, but this is actually semi-permanent at least because there's going to be construction for like three years at the Georgia Street area for the new Hilton Signia project. So it's actually on South Street, I think, that, yeah, West South Street, which is between the Crown Plaza and the Holiday Inn Express, which are both south of the convention center or right north of the Lucas Oil Arena. I have literally never been over there. It is pretty close. Surprisingly, in the eight years I've been going to Gen Con, I don't think I've ever set foot in Lucas Oil. I missed the year that they had all the cool stuff there. Yeah, 2017 was the year to go there if you were going to. Otherwise, yeah, it's, if you're going to have an event there, you might go. So, Quarix, do we have the food truck list yet? No, that's another thing that's going to come out any day now, I think. It makes sense, though, at least in this case, they haven't finalized the list, so it's not like they're just keeping it from us. What I can tell you is that some highlights from, like, previous food truck lineups. There's Island Noodles, which is, it's pretty fast for a food truck, especially. Pretty good. And since there's no noodles in company downtown anymore, it's the best you can do if you want to stuff a bunch of noodles in your face, which we all do. There's the Union Jack, which of course is, you know, English pub food. This may be a controversial opinion, but I feel like there's a very narrow range of how good English pub food can be. But it's like the positive side of neutral up to pretty good. It's very reliable, in my opinion. There's pierogi love, which there were two pierogi food trucks last year. I believe so. We think this is the good one. If you don't know what pierogies are, just go have some. Every culture has dumplings. And if you're the other pierogi company and you need some love as well, sponsor us. So moving along, we've come to the definitely not sponsored this year restaurant roundup. These are but a handful of the restaurants that you can go to while at Gen Con, anywhere that's outside the convention center, so we're purposefully omitting the vendors in the, in the convention center itself. Harry and Izzy's and St. Elmo, they like share a kitchen, so it's kind of like a single idea. Definitely my like go-to place if I want to know I'm going to enjoy the food and that the staff is definitely going to appreciate that we're there. Harry and Izzy's is like the cheaper but still a little expensive one. St. Elmo's Steakhouse is where you want to go if you want to see what it looks like if you have amazing service because, I don't know if they still have this, but they had a water guy who would literally stand in the corner, watch everyone drinking their water, and the moment you put your glass down after drinking some, he would appear and refill it. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen at a restaurant, and I highly recommend checking it out. Another restaurant, this is a chain, Fogo de Chao. It is a Brazilian steakhouse for the Mediterranean. It's right in the downtown area. 
Well, I love it anyway because it's uh, it the buffet salad bar is one of the best I've ever been to, and that's obviously not even the point because there's not really any meat on it. The the meat they bring to your table forever is the is the point. When I think it was just last year, the dude who organizes the like huge Facebook fans of Gen Con group like meal at Fogo died in like June or July, and he had all of the money for the reservation, like the I don't know down payment or whatever. They honored the reservation and just waived the fee. Like there's no reason they would have had to do that. This is a chain. They're not supposed to care, and they totally they made it happen for everybody, and that that was pretty awesome. I gotta gotta mention that. Shout out to the Fogo de Chao people for just being real stand-up folks. So why don't you consider swinging by, doing a solid by them? Another place, McCormick and Schmidt's Seafood and Steaks, has a pretty solid menu. It seems like everything that they make, they do pretty well, which is not always the case when you see a, mm. a bigger menu. Usually you True. lose some quality when it comes with the quantity of things that are served. They've also got an extensive wine selection and a, a pretty solid beer and uh, liquor selection as well, which is why I've been in there. I want to recommend one place that's slightly farther away, so this might be more of a, if you get in either on Tuesday or early Wednesday, Bluebeard, because if there's one restaurant in Indianapolis that you will read about on every list of the best places and that wins all the awards, it's Bluebeard. Just their charcuterie board is more appealing than most foods you're going to get at any other restaurant. They make everything from scratch. All their bread is baked right at your table. That's not true. Everything is so fresh and delicious, and oh my gosh, I'm going there in like four weeks, and I I'm pretty stoked. Last of our restaurants is Goodwood Restaurant and Brewery, uh, seemingly more so restaurant than brewery, which is why it is on the restaurant roundup and not the bar crawl. I had a chance to go with a friend on Wednesday. Pretty solid service. I think they redid their menu to make puns about the types of food that they were making, which, uh, you know, anybody who okay. anybody who makes an attempt to appeal to nerds is pretty solid in my book. Yeah. And it looks like, again, they, they may have a smaller menu, not to say small, but certainly smaller than some. I think it fits on two pages. Seemingly everything that they do is pretty solid, and it seems to have a really great reputation among the community. If there's only one knock on Goodwood, it's too close to the convention center, so you may struggle to yeah. get in and get a seat as quickly as you want to. That's a problem with, you know, most places, of course. So The closer you are, mm-hmm. the longer it takes to get seated. are now to the definitely not sponsored this year bar crawl in downtown <laughs> it's funny because i i don't normally have much to add here's the thing the whistle stop in uh, i have not been there yet but it's close to lucas oil arena they went to the gen con forums and had a guy like hey we'd like you to come to our restaurant what can we do to bring you in this is like web 1.0 outreach here and i am impressed so i am definitely going to go check that out the food like it looks looks great like this is straight up bar food but it is i have no doubt it's delicious and i'm sure they have infinite alcohol and really you know those two things are what we're looking for looks like they have a really good beer list um, i don't pay it such close attention to wine especially with bars but they also look to have a pretty stocked back shelf of uh, liquors as well mm. so this is also definitely on my list of places that i need to check out this year we'll go together we'll have our meet up there all, all the fans can meet up with us is the whistle stop <laughs> if they sponsor us. So another place with a great whiskey selection is the Exchange Whiskey Bar. 
it is in the downtown area. It is not around what we would call the block. It is probably, you're probably taking a, taking an Uber or Lyft to get over there. It's a short one, but it's just sort of outside the range of where I would want to walk. Who knows? Maybe you're going to hop on one of those scooters. They look like they do a ton of cocktails, as, as befitting their name. They, they claim to have more than 450 kinds of whiskey. That's whiskey with an E, scotch, <laughs> and rye. That's how you know it's good. They have both spellings. Another place is the High Velocity. This bar is at the ground floor of the JW Marriott. Effectively makes it connected to the convention center. You walk across two skywalks and down one flight of stairs or one escalator and around the corner and yay verily you are at the High Velocity. It is open for a while. I want to say that they're one of the places that I think go until closing time or at least midnight which is pretty solid. You can get food there. No one raves about it. No one complains about it either. You can get a decent selection of beer, um, especially I think they have always stocked the Gen Con branded beer each year, which is kind of nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. If you like me and stay at the JW almost religiously, it's a, you know, it's a place to meet up with people because they have plenty of places for you to sit and little quiet nooks and crannies to situate yourself into. Hey, I have an idea. We can have our podcast meet up at the Rath's Keller also. You know, it's a little farther away also than some of the other ones we've talked about. There's a reason that I recommend it. As I like to say, I haven't ever been to a German restaurant that wasn't great because it's just, why are you going to open a German restaurant if you're not going to do it right? If you are at all interested in just sausage, as far as the eye can see, just everywhere sausage, yeah, this is, this is your place, no matter how you want to hear that. In addition to your sausage party, they also stock a number of just really good, not terribly common German beers. I think they probably do some amount of uh, import from Germany of kegs or or something oh, yeah. like that. Whatever cap you ask the bartender to pull, it is probably a pretty solid, pretty tasty beer. Lastly, and this is one that I'm kind of interested in going to, is we maybe on Sunday night, once things have calmed down a little bit, but there's a place called Howl at the Moon. It's in the downtown area, not quite, again, not quite the block. It looks like it opened up in Indy in 2021. It's a piano bar and a live music venue. It just looks like a, a, a fun twist on what you might expect as a normal downtown Midwestern bar. Yeah, though that sounds super East Coast. So lastly, Gen Con as a group has a great reputation amongst the service workers of Indianapolis. We're one of the most fun conventions, apparently. Every place is packed, which is not always the case with a, the conventions that come into town. And we seem to tip fairly well. Please remember to tip your servers. They're working real hard for you. A lot of these places are not paying them an actual hourly rate, so they're depending on your tips. So please keep them in mind as, as you're going and as you're budgeting for Gen Con. Also, anybody who wants to sponsor us, uh, you can get a hold of us. Yeah. Take a look in the show notes. No scruples, just zero. Our scruples are that we are not currently sponsored by anybody, so you know that <laughs> all these recommendations are truly things that we would recommend, and we are not being bribed by the dollars and cents and gift cards from some of these locations. So, uh, so that's it for this app. Uh, next app, we are going to talk a little bit more about our time during the convention and things that you need to do. Greetings from the end of the episode, weary traveler. Perhaps you would like to examine my social media wares, 
all gathered at linktur.ee slash dreamaboutgamingconventions. We sell everything from Instagram to Facebook to YouTube. Soon we may have whatever tip jar the kids are using these days. All music for this episode was composed by Quarex. Except for Adidas, courtesy freemidi.org. All editing for this episode was by Ben.